Hi, Beth. Hey, Beth. You're Abby. Dear Kiki. Desperate housewives. Doesn't want to marry you. Love you like I love you. Don't talk to yourself. Cheers, Beth. Cheers. Ill-advised. This is ill-advised. Hi, Beths. Hello. Hello, and welcome. Welcome to Ill Advice. The podcast where two best friends tell you what to do when someone else already has. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got nothing this week, though? I got nothing. Wow. I was going to say something about, like, while we're setting up ring lights, because these things are so Fucking annoying. frustrating. They're like... But then I thought, maybe that's not super relatable. I suppose Maybe not. it is. Maybe. The world has kind of turned into social media influencer people. It's true. But I mean, also, listener, how dim is your bathroom light? Yeah, because mine fucking sucks. Hers fucking sucks. But also, I'm looking at how, first of all, we're going to have to find a way to stitch these two videos together. And we have two different light sources going on here. Like, you've got the nice, like, sunny, and I'm, like, here under, like... Let interrogation lights yeah. <laughs> yes i've got great pores you have hospital lighting thank you so much i'm healthy <laughs> <laughs> Says who? this is my daylight therapy um daylight therapy. my daylight therapy but yes this is how they can relate is by judging their bathroom mirror and their bathroom lighting like is your bathroom lighting so effective that when you go by the mirror you're like oh fuck no i'm getting that black head or are you walking by going like i'm so perfect i just woke up like this because if that's it you need new lighting i'm going to withdraw everything you just said why because you are fucking perfect yeah, they're perfect i'm just talking and about us and how we handle to the change lighting. any lighting you shine yeah with or without but do you know how much Proper you shine lighting. if you don't have a bright light? No, because my bathroom light is not bright. <laughs> so when you go outside and you're reflecting shine. I don't look and the mirror's go- outside. Okay, all right. I get ready in my bathroom and that's <laughs> that's in my brain how I look all day. All day long. Okay. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. <laughs> you know how I perceive myself? Please inform me. Oh, shit. I was just trying to come up with some nice wine segue. I think you're rubbing off on me. At least I'm rubbing something. Amen. Wine? Cheers to that. Let's ru- let's rub this bottle. And hope a genie comes out. <laughs> yeah. We're drinking La Marca Prosecco. Mm. I think it's La Marca. I mean, how else would you pronounce it, right? La Marca. No, La Marca. I don't know. It's Italian. Yeah. It says product of Italy. So let's go with it. Little sparkling wine. I don't think we've done this one on the podcast before. No, but um, it is one of our favorites. It is. Um, so sorry, we're cheating. It's uh, $19.99 a bottle. Um, and it's the back of it says, crafted in the heart of Italy, La Marca Prosecco sparkles with lively effervescence. Blossoming notes of honeysuckle and citrus are complemented by hints of crisp green apple, juicy peach, and ripe lemon. La Marca Prosecco. Cheers. Cheers. Still as good as ever. Still good as that sip that we just took to pregame. <laughs> because. I asked permission. You did. I took one right after <laughs> you I asked. Drink this? I was like, me too. <laughs> How you doing, Beth? Good. Good. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I can't really get into specifics of things. And so I wish it wouldn't we could. really. I don't think I legally can right now. <laughs> oh, that'll, yes. Yes, you cannot. So even if I wanted to, I don't think I could. Okay, yes. I didn't even think of that, but yes. Okay. But yeah, it's just kind of like bobbing and weaving. Oh. You know? Weaving and bobbing. Yeah. It's a change from last week's coasting. Yeah. yeah. See that? Now you're really on a surfboard. You're yes. bobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more like basketball, but yes. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense, I suppose. It's fun on a surfboard, too. Sure. If I knew how to surf. Yes. I mean, we're in Massachusetts. Does anyone here know how to surf? Probably. I mean, we don't get killer waves like they do in California. Killer waves. Killer waves. <laughs> like gnarly waves gnarly <laughs> yeah. how you doing biff i'm kicking that's all i've got you're not bobbing and weaving i'm not bobbing and weaving i'm just i is bobbing and weaving like i don't know is that sh- should that be the default i think that's boxing bobbing and weaving is boxing. oh that sounds right actually yeah i am not boxing you're not a boxer. I am not a boxer i don't even wear boxers you're a tosser i am <laughs> you toss more salads. than salads. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Women. I'm, I'm tossing. Yes. Yeah, you're not a bobber and weaver. You're a tosser. I'm a tosser. So yeah, I'm tossing. I'm not. I'm not tossing. <laughs> not tossing. There's nothing to toss. I'm so low right now. No toss salads. No salads to toss. No, Damn. my man's away at work. Shit. When the women are away, the mice will play. Yeah, well, I don't like mice. With salads. I do love a good salad. (laughs) I got questions this week. Perf. We're going for a newbie this week, Biff. Oh, I didn't even know there was new to find. Well, we've probably found this one before. Our problem is, is that we like the short and sweet ones and we're not really condensing anything. But I think after Amy last week, I think we can condense this one a little. Amy Alcon. Amy Alcon. So this Amy one. Amy Alkaline. Alkaline. Um, this is uh, the New York Times, The Ethicist. Oh. Go ahead. Say it three times fast. The Ethicist. The Ethicist. The Ethicist. There it is. Okay. Um, Whatever. Bye. So, so the the responses are relatively long, but I think you and I can kind of get the gist of them. by if, if we start reading, we can get a feel for them. And, you know, as always, we have the links to these questions on our show notes so if our listeners would like to get more from these these calmness they can help themselves utilize your urethra (laughs) and toss your salad (laughs) what okay this one is so the the writer of the ethicist is kwame anthony apia or apia apia i don't know i'm i hope i'm not butchering your name but you can tell me um this one is called is it okay that i'm okay with our mom's adultery Mm, grab Um, the popcorn this this is from february 1st 2022 our dad died a year ago and our mom recently told my sister and me that she cheated on him for the last 10 years of their marriage i don't think our dad ever knew he wore his heart on his sleeve so he couldn't have hidden that sort of thing my sister and i had wildly different reactions to this information My sister is horrified and accused my mother of never having loved him. I had a different take. Our mom says that she loved our dad and being with him romantically 
in parentheses says, living together, raising a family, intimate kisses, etc. But that he wasn't the best sex of her life. So she cheated, but she made sure he never found out. And my mom and dad still slept together because she knew that he enjoyed having sex with her and loved her body. And the sex was good for her, even if not the best. I don't feel that it makes sense to be mad at my mom for the infidelity. It's true that she didn't want to be with him in that I only want you way, but she loved him enough to make him feel as if she did. If from his point of view, it was a perfect relationship and he died happy, does it really matter that he didn't know all the details? I feel I'm missing something if I'm in not being upset at my mother. To be clear, I don't think that she should have told us because there was no reason to, but I am trying to think about whether the infidelity itself was wrong because the fact that my sister and I didn't see the fact that my sister and I see things differently is driving a wedge between us. Name withheld. Mm. I have to immediately agree with why the fuck is mommy telling you this? How did I don't care this if you're up? adult children. I don't care if your father passed away 25 years ago. I don't know if it was stated how long but either way, a year ago, a year, 25 years, whether you're an adult now or not, that is just what I have to I wonder. I think mommy had to get it off her, off her chest. That's what I was going to say. Maybe she felt guilty that he never knew after his death. And the children never knew the whole time mommy was cheating. Well, she probably had to tell someone. Yeah. Like she can't tell her dead husband because what's he going to do? Nod. He's going to. If you can't say nothing nice, don't say anything. <laughs> Biff. <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess I'll just stay quiet. Anyways, so the question is what? It's not really. Well, she's trying to figure out why. Um, she's trying to figure out if she's missing something and not being upset at her mom. You know, she and her oh, sister have she... differing opinions. This is tricky this is tricky because because he the point that she's making is he died happy right but now like cheating is cheating and i don't ever agree with it and Mm -hmm. i definitely don't agree with mom's reasoning sex was just okay Mm -hmm. like you married this man Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah if you had had a uh, like an agreement to be open that would be something else but this doesn't seem like it in no way shape or form no I don't know if I could. I'm trying to think. I'm a daddy's girl. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to think if like this was my situation. What are you laughing at? Fucking spit Prosecco everywhere. Why? I don't know. I've expected you to stop at I'm a daddy. And I (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why, but look, I'm fucking crying. Yes, you are, which is why I couldn't ignore your face anymore i think i'm hungry (laughs) (laughs) i can't i'm sorry go on Uh, what were you saying i was saying i'm trying to think it yeah (laughs) i am i i was trying to think how i would feel i feel like i'd be upset Mm -hmm. but then again it's like what can i do now you know what i mean it's not like my dad's still alive and i'm learning this information so this one's super tricky because you want to support your sister and her feelings and it's perfectly normal and reasonable for her to be upset with her mom after learning this news but you also don't want your sister to have to carry that 
You yeah. know what I mean? Especially when she's still grieving her father. So it's like, how do you handle mom? That's what I'm trying to, in my head, like, how do I handle mom? Like, first of all, mom, why the fuck did you just tell us this? We're your children. That was our father. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But second of all, we're past that. You already told us. So now what? You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a rough place. I think the first thing that we need to do is acknowledge that everyone's feelings and reactions are valid, right? Yeah. So you feel how you feel and you know it's up to you to process that and to determine your own next steps do you want to remain angry do you want to remain you know neutral do you like that's on you whatever you know it it does suck that you were made to feel this way right so for the sister to be made to feel you know you were unfaithful to the dad but you've got to kind of separate too it's not just the infidelity it's the memory of her dad now that you've tainted yes you've tainted now, every like time she thinks oh, about her father Oh, remember that time that mom... My mom was cheating on him. And that's going to take her time to get past. A long time. It, you know, it probably not. Maybe it'll take her 20 minutes, but maybe it'll take her 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And you need to let her feel that way. And she needs to address it on her own. You know? It, it might take therapy or it just might take time. Uh-huh. You know? But she's going to have to deal with that on her own. Now, I don't think you need to do anything with your feelings. This is how you're feeling about it you've you know somehow or one way or another either you reconciled or it didn't bother you that it happened it's past you're not associating that specific you know your mom's adultery with um your dad or your dad's death necessarily you yeah you don't look at your mom any different yeah you just you know as far as your relationship with your sister like what would you say if your sister had strong feelings and you didn't, or vice, actually, I think it would be more the other way around. You had strong feelings and your sister was probably. like, Meh. <laughs> probably. So like, what, what would that, what would you expect your sister to do for you? Like if it was driving a wedge between you that you disagreed on it, what would be the Well, that was the part that I don't really, I can understand the feelings towards mom. So I guess I'm assuming that the sister right? It's the sister who's mm-hmm. upset, is upset with the sibling, the writer, for, like, you should be mo- mad at mom, too. Mm-hmm. I'm going on the same track. Right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. My tie in there is, you should be mad at mom, too. This was dad. She's still grieving. Right, right. right. She, even a year out, she's still grieving her dad. Of course. That's what I'm taking from this. Maybe, yeah. you know, the writer has processed all of this and is, you know, accepted. The writer didn't overcome. see this no harm, no foul. Right. My father never knew. He died happy. happy. My mom was still very loving and intimate with him, even if it was fake. Right. And yeah, I don't know how to support my sister in a way to make her feel supported, mm-hmm. even though we're not agreeing. I think you can acknowledge your sister's feelings and tell her you're there for her to hear her out. It's okay that you don't agree, but also if she needs that space from you to be able to process that, then she needs that space from you, you know, and kind of let her have it. Yeah, of course. But that's like 
still kind of for the sister it's still going to be missing that key i don't feel supported because mm-hmm. i don't feel like you care that's probably how the sister's feeling like does nobody care about dad yeah mom's over here cheating on him you could give a fuck less like does anybody care about my poor dead father yeah and that's that goes you know that's into the plays into her still grieving her dad of course so i think a year in if you're still grieving to that degree do you seek out a grief counselor you know i don't know how that works honestly i've never been in this situation no rules. you know like but i mean like are there are there like i've always heard of a grief counselor to kind of like talk through like school related stuff you know what i mean so i don't know if it applies outside of that are there like therapists that specialize in in loss or are there just any therapist that'll help you kind of reconcile yeah maybe all the above okay i don't really know but i think that is a good point to make because not only now are you dealing with grief Mm -hmm. but now it's like a whole betrayal yeah even if it wasn't directly on you you like might be angry at your dad for leaving for being gone that's one thing and now you're angry at your mom for never being faithful angry at your sibling because your sibling doesn't care that mom was cheating yeah this is screaming therapy now mm. it was just a hint of therapy at first but now it's like you're That's angry a lot to process it sounds like you're dealing angry. with the death of a loved one especially a parent i assume it's right. like great enough yeah but now you add just more and more and more want to see what the ethicist says yeah your mother betrayed your father your parents didn't have an open relationship, but her actions were inconsistent with an understanding of their marriage she allowed him to believe in. The fact that he never found out, and let's assume it is a fact, doesn't make it okay. Dishonesty is not redeemed by remaining undiscovered. This, I think, is what your sister gets right. But your mother valued her relationship with your father. I'm guessing she made the judgment that disclosing the truth, both her sexual discontent and her interest in sleeping with others who excited her more, would have embittered and perhaps ended an otherwise fortifying partnership to their mutual detriment. Other things being equal, a life lived in a light of reality, the reality of what's going on in your significant relationships is better than one in which your happiness depends on ignorance. But other things are sometimes far from equal. Human lives are complicated. This, I think, is what you get right. The one person whose point of view I don't really grasp is your mother. Bingo, Beth. Mm. Why did she tell you all of this? If she deceived your father in order to keep him happy and secure the relationship, why make such a different calculation with her children? If she deceived your father in order to keep him happy and secure the relationship, why make such a different calculation with her children? She wasn't generally moved by the thought that living in the daylight of truth is of central ethical importance. Perhaps she didn't understand your sister and failed to realize that she'd be visiting on her daughter some of the anguish she spared her husband. That was it. I feel so much better about this call. That was a good answer. That was a good answer. Good answer. So I don't have anything to disagree with this. I I agree with it fully. Well, I mean, it didn't really give her. Yeah, it doesn't scream advice. Although she didn't really ask for it either. Maybe. Or he. It felt a little bit like, how do I handle my sister? For me, that's what I got. Yeah, and it looks because like because it said like it's causing a, a disrupt between us. And it looks like the ethicist is saying 
you know, you really should be talking to your mom. But I actually, maybe I do disagree. I might disagree with that. You, it, you can't, your mom should maybe be dealing with it with your sister, mm-hmm. but your mom shouldn't be in charge of either of your emotions. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe he was referring to the sister, like the sister's issue should only be with the mom. Okay, yes, then I fully agree. Um, yeah, but that's sorry, not I don't know. How, that was so obvious, and I don't know how I didn't get there. But that's not what's happening. You right. know what I mean? The sister's not just upset with the mom. Yeah, it looks like I, I feel like this kind of like deferred it and just went like, oh, she's wrong with the wrong, she's mad at the wrong person. Let's. Well, it, they did acknowledge the sister's feeling, and I liked what they wrote about yeah. the sister. I like what they wrote about the writer, too. Yeah. And how they were able to process. Yeah. It's a point of view that they didn't understand. I, I agree with that, too. Like, what's mom's motive for, other than, like, getting it off her chest? Like, I feel like we should make a blanket statement here. Like, if you're ever in a position where you have information that could hurt other people but doesn't really affect their lives and you just need to get it off your chest. Seek a therapist. Maybe find a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I think Dr. Phil, (laughs) I think Dr. Phil is the one who tries to drive it into people's heads that like, you don't involve children with adult matters ever. I know. Ever. Where was he when my parents were trying to raise us? Dealing with someone else's parents. Apparently. (laughs) Apparently. But yeah, I agree. You don't. Yeah, you're not going to upheave people's lives for for your own benefit, for your conscience. That's, that's selfish, I think. And when your children are dealing with the loss of their father. I know. Like, for fuck's sake. I know. There's got to be signs that your other daughter is still dealing with this loss. She's still grieving. Like, this can't be a surprise. You know what I mean? There is no time on grief. No. So you just, mommy, I got a bone to pick with you. She's too busy picking other bones. That's right. Patch. This next one, Biff, is from May 24th, 2022. Okay, are you ready for this? I don't know what to make of this title. Hmm. I, I witnessed a murder. Is it wrong to write about it? Whoa. Right. In real life or on Netflix? I don't know. Was this a true crime talk- documentary or was it Narcos? <laughs> 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 you ready? Recently, I rented a private office in a co-working space so I could work on personal writing projects. About two weeks into my tenure, I heard screams. When I went to investigate, I saw a man beating someone savagely with a metal pipe. Jesus Christ. I ran to my office, called 911, and then returned only to see the man walking in my direction. I ran back to my office and hid until the police arrived. The victim, she was the office manager, was rushed to the hospital where she was declared dead. The story that emerged is that the man, a fellow client who had been living in his office, was being evicted by the office manager. Because I'm a writer, it's not surprising that a number of my friends, writers and non-writers alike, have asked whether I'm writing about this story. Yet from the beginning, I have struggled to even talk about what I witnessed. I do not want to dine out on it. It feels unseemingly to me if not outright wrong, to take advantage of my very accidental connection to this murder and its victim. I am troubled by the idea of viewing another woman's death as material. What are the ethics of writing about what is, at heart, someone else's tragedy? So you're the professional one in our relationship. However, what kind of writer? 
she just says she's a writer. Like story. She's working books, on a price, personal writing project. There's nothing specific. I need to know because this is going to or did have a major impact in her life. That's trauma. Mm-hmm. That is something you need to process and get through and like cope with. So you're thinking like biography, memoir, right? Biographical something. Yes. Okay. Because this is like. So do you go in depth on that? Well, I guess you would have to, right? If you're. If you're trying to get to like, I, this was traumatic for me. This Mm -hmm. was terrifying. This left me with nightmares for a year, like that type of thing. Yeah, because you don't have to give names. You don't have to. There, unfortunately, is hundreds of thousands of deaths all around the world. So it's not that you have to make it super obvious who or what this was about because that could hurt the families and loved ones of the victim do we say victim yeah okay um but if if this is like but if this is like journalism and newspaper and like things like that then that doesn't feel very nice if it was my sister that was killed and you know, the person who saw it happen sends off a little newspaper clipping about it. I'm going to be upset. Yeah. She says that she's working on personal writing projects. So that to me either means something personal and biographical. Like yeah. Like a Burke. A Burke. A Burke. Birkensacks. A Burke. A book. Or um, it's something that she can't talk about, either contractually or otherwise. Now, is this canon? Is this like, is this something that she should include or write about in general? I mean, it impacted her life. It impacted her. That's life changing. It impacted her. But what what I'm getting at is that by the way that she, I'm going to say he, they wrote this question, feels like they're not comfortable writing about it. Well, they said in one part that like... It just seems they don't want to write someone's tragedy as material. Right. I think that's that's your answer. I I know. Well, yeah, I agree. You know, you don't feel comfortable, then why why are you entertaining it? Right. You know, if you're thinking about the dime on the other side, then the ethical ethical reason is, how do I feel? You know, that's the ethical question Mm -hmm. to get to the answer is, how do I feel about this? Mm -hmm. Am I going to right on this to profit from it well i don't feel right about that right but looking at the payout on the other side it's very tempting you gotta do what's true to you yeah that's really how i feel about it i don't think that should i or shouldn't i write about it i don't think it's one way or the other someone's writing about it were they asking like is it unethical for me to write about it yeah and so it's less like should i it's what are the ethics of writing about what is at heart someone else's tragedy? Yeah, so that feels a little bit different than like, do yeah, that, I want to write about this because it's against my feelings? Well, the or, question at the end is misleading too because she's saying, or they're saying at the in within the the text of the question that friends are telling them to write about it and they're not feeling okay with it. So, what are the ethics of writing about it? So 
maybe they're looking for a way to help make their decision rather than have a decision proposed to them, which I guess I can respect. Yeah. What are the ethics about writing about someone else's tragedy? I, you leave out names, you leave out details that... Well, that's legal that people do. Yeah, but that's also ethics. If I, I don't want to pick up a book and read about my sister's horrific murder. What if it's something that's already published? This is just me playing devil's advocate. So if something's published in a newspaper and it's already like widespread. If the news is reporting about the horrific crime that happened, that's different than somebody else. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think that with like true crime being so popular as it is, like writing about things like that isn't necessarily ethically um, unsound. But I also think that they genuinely go and ask the next of kin or family. I was like, just going to say, I okay? think the ethics should be getting permission. Yeah. Like, I need. I'm, Can I I'm, use her name? Do you. Is it okay if I write and don't use her name? That type of thing. Yeah. That I can get behind 100%. Mm -hmm. Me too. Response? Yes. Okay. I'm glad we just came to that. <laughs> that took a long time. Great minds think alike. It's worth recalling that, quote, tragedy, a word we use to describe events like this one, originally designated a literary genre, a form of storytelling. Whatever is going on in us when we experience a tragic narrative, Aristotle wasn't the last to speculate about it. We surely learn something about our own emotional repertory. It may serve as a rehearsal of our responses to actual horrors. Classic novels have taken inspiration from real homicides. Nonfictional works immortalizing such events have joined the literary canon too. We dream in a narrative, daydream in narrative, remember, anticipate, hope, despair, believe, doubt, plan, revise, criticize, construct, gossip, learn, hate, and love by narrative. The literary scholar Barbara Hardy maintained. I'm sorry, that was all supposed to be in quotes, but you get the picture. In order really to live, we make up stories about ourselves and others, about the personal as well as the social past and future. But to whom does this story of a homicide belong? Is it shared by the perpetrator and the victim? Is it inherited as part of someone's estate, like a piece of property? Is it a possession only of those who care deeply about the life that was taken or about the person who took it? Whose is it? We'll do better, in my view, if we don't think about what happened as someone's possession. To regard what happened merely as material for your writing, to be sure, would be to lose track of the fact that it was an event in which another human being suffered terribly and died. And it's a natural anxiety that the friends and family of the murdered would be pained by what you might write. Yet they don't own the event. Indeed, there's a sense in which it really did happen to you as well. Certainly, your own experience, at once accidental and terrifying, was unique. Intimacy with your principles can be valuable for a writer. So can distance. That's because there's no single way of narrating an event, however banal, however horrific. And nobody has the lived experience of having been killed. Writing about the event you witnessed will be justified in that you write. your writing has value. Okay. So I liked the point that like, yes, this is also your story. I don't like that the loved ones of the victim, I mean, yes, technically they don't own that, 
but I feel like that's just a level of respect that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, I I get the sense that what um, the ethicist says was mainly food for thought. I think this is their style of writing, which I'm starting to gather, because a lot of this wasn't necessarily direct advice so much as it was to help you make your decision, like a psychologist. Right. Just very interesting to me, because you don't see this with advice columnists. Right. So I think that was more food for thought, like thinking about it in this way, because I really liked the end. Your writing is justified in that it has value. So what does that mean? What does that mean to you? You know, what are they perceiving? What do you want the reader to take back from this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't answer what, right? you know what I mean? Right. Other than entertainment value because of that true crime genre. But yeah, I don't hate this response. I didn't hate it either. I just I couldn't read feel it. like we just kind of owe the loved ones some kind respect. Of you know what I mean? Pushed them aside. Like, yeah, they don't own this. It didn't happen. You know, like, which I... I get in like the broad Mm -hmm. aspect of it but and i do agree that like this happened to you that's traumatic that's part of real part of your life now unfortunately but i do feel like there still should be some level of just kind of empathy or like respect for the family members you know i mean i feel like that's just kind of only right yeah i think And this is the line that they're drawing, right? Like, you know, this is something that, you know, now the family's suffering through, but it happened to you also. No, you didn't get killed, but you witnessed a traumatizing event. So it's just, it is, it's a, it's, it's just an interesting Well, I feel like it goes back to like, what are you writing? And that's the we last, need to know. But that's the last part of it, right? That your writing has value. What do you need the other person to get? What are you writing? So I think that's a very valid question and probably should have been the response to all but of this. But if you're a gossip girl, right. like I'll, I'll, I'll beat you up if you're writing about the death of my sister. If you can find out like who it is. Spread, right. <laughs> well, the new season you do. Oh, really? Yeah. Didn't they get canceled again already? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but Excellent. I didn't watch it. Okay. <laughs> But that's what I mean. If it's something like in that type of form, like now I'm just spilling tea. Right. Then, yeah, you need permission from mm-hmm. the family. Yeah. But if you're speaking about like, this fucked me up, mm-hmm. then yes, tell your story. Yeah. For me, it depends on what you're writing. Right. Your intention behind it. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I agree with everything that you're saying. Yeah. Um, But I also see like, these are because a lot of these things weren't points; they were questions, you know, to kind of help this writer make a decision about something. So, kind of see where they're going with this. It's like I'm trying to help you make a decision, but ultimately, and that was the last thing. Right? Like, no, yeah. What you're getting needs yeah. to have value. No. Oh. So I, I kind of respect that, but I totally agree with you. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a really. That good was a one. really good one. Yeah. I'm so sorry. We're not trying to exploit your a- experience. <laughs> Great question, Great though. Great question. Great question. That's terrible. Should we publish this one? Why wouldn't I'm we? Just kidding. <laughs> well, like you across the line now. Okay. The next one is: My wife and I lied about our son's death. Can I come clean if she won't? And this is from July fifth, twenty twenty-two. What the hell? 
Be ready. I maybe. I think you have to be ready. Not, yeah. A few years ago, my son died from an accidental overdose when he took a fentanyl-laced pill. When we got the autopsy report, his mother, we are divorced, wanted to keep the cause of his death a secret. I was reluctant, but in the throes of grief, did not make a stand for the truth. We lied and said his death was due to a bad heart. Mm. Oh my goodness. Okay, this is taking a different turn than... Yeah, it is. Recently, I read an article about the plague of fentanyl overdoses, and it broke my heart again. I decided we must tell the truth. My son's sister agrees, but his mother and stepfather prefer to maintain the lie. I believe we are morally obligated to speak out, even if belatedly, because it may save another family from tragedy. I am ashamed it has taken this long. Can I ethically go public with the real cause of my son's death when his mother and stepfather are against it? Name withheld. Biff, this one's heavy. And, oh, and this is something that's really close to home. Yeah, probably because, for everyone. Because not so much anybody that we were totally close to. We've lost a lot of people we went to school with. I feel like drug weekly, overdoses. There was an overdose. Yep. Still. 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 Um, and where we lived before, you and I, when we lived together, we. Ooh, saw this yeah. in real time and we saw the effects of it and i think what was it that new england was like the opioid capital of the u.s for a while i don't know if it still is i don't know if that's entirely true but we we've been at the forefront of all of this yeah so for sure it's gonna be i can't say i've lost anyone close near and dear so i can't be I can't relate to this. So the question for me boils down to preserving the... The memory? No, the maybe memory, but I'm thinking more like um, the respect for the son. Like the integrity? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Like, now he's not just a statistic and people, people saying like, well, another one bites the dust mm-hmm. from an OD. Right. You know what I mean? There, there's just a different standard held when your cause of death isn't a drug overdose. Because addiction, there's drug a addiction. There's stigma even to the death. Drug addiction is the number one stigmatized issue ever. Like, literally the number one most stigmatized. So it's something to be said where I'm not just going to let the world know my son overdosed on fentanyl because he is not going, he's going to be looked at differently, right. period. He's going to be pushed aside. He's going to be whatever. And I'm going to maintain the honor for my child mm-hmm. because it does matter regardless of how he died. So I feel like for me, what the question boiled down to is like, do I hold that honor for my dead son? Or do I tell the truth in hopes to help someone else? And how the fuck do you answer that? I, this is hard. It's like, as a mother, I don't think that as a mother, a, I'm like, I'm protecting my child. Even in death. Even in death. Yeah. For the rest of my life, I am protecting my, my child. That is my sole purpose, to protect my yes. kid. No, I. But then. I agree. It's like. 
What if I can save the life of someone else? So that's where my first question was, why are you morally obligated to speak out? What is the lesson someone's going to take from this? Yeah, my immediately I want to know what lesson. Unfortunately, this may not save anyone's life. And I hate that. Right, right. I fucking hate that because you're so right. Yeah. You're so right. So that's why I'm asking, like, you may feel morally obligated to speak out. And ethically, I don't think there's anything wrong with you saying he died of an overdose. Agreed. I don't. But you need to look inward. Giving the statistics. Given the statistics. Nobody is Maybe not even that. You need to, yeah. Yeah. Maybe think of the big picture. Nobody's going to, it's. Like think about another one gone. Unfortunately, another, that's right. how society but is like, right it's now. It's just another person. Just another one gone. Oh, another one lost to nobody's. They're less crisis. empathetic when yeah. it's drugs. Yeah, and it immediately puts your child in a box. Now yeah. he's a statistic. He but is not also, a human no more. Maybe it's now been he's just long a statistic. enough. Maybe it's been long enough that you don't need that empathy, and it doesn't matter. What it really boils down to for me is unless there's an actual lesson to be learned from this, like, did you ignore something? Is there more to the story you're not telling us? Did you, um, were there things that you could have done on your end? I mean, honestly, there's never anything that you can do. It's like, this is just an additional point to the fact that fentanyl is just devastating. Yeah. And honestly, morally and ethically speaking you're either going to you know if there's something that you could have done you're either enabling them or you're punishing them which is in and of itself a stigma on the recovery side of things you know what i mean where it's like we're either enabling them or you're you know you're you're pushing them back into it or you're like being too strict and you're pushing them back into it you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it's loose like, loose. You're going to be asking, you're going to be asked these questions. I don't know what the moral obligation is to speak out against it unless you're mounting some sort of mission. You know what I mean? Like, Well, that's what it sounds like. Like, are you actually he's like... He's out to try to save everyone now. Right. But I'm wondering like how, like if he's going out and like starting a campaign, like an anti-drug campaign and actually raising money and fundraisers and everything, then I see the validity to sharing that, right? Personal experiences lead to, um, you know, monetary contribution with leads to, leads to studies and rehabilitation, et cetera. But if he's just telling people to tell people, what is he telling them? Like, what are, are you trying to let people know what the signs are? Are you trying to say what not to do, what to do, what is, again, morally right. and ethically, there's nothing wrong with you saying the cause of death of someone. Right. You lost right. someone near and dear to you. It's okay. But if you're just saying it to say it, does it need to be said? I agree. Right? Society, literally, like it's it's facts. I'm not just saying, saying this. It's facts that drug addiction is the number one most stigmatized period so it's like you're almost throwing your child to the sharks from saying that my son died from an overdose Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah unfortunately destigmatizing it isn't as easy as one person coming through saying my son died of an overdose Mm -hmm. if that's your aim i've also heard i can't um 
recall? I can't vouch for this information, but I have heard more than one time that when somebody overdoses, that other addicts want to go to the dealer that sold whatever it was to this person that overdosed. I'm going to ask this question and I'm not saying, I'm not asking out of ignorance. I need to preface. Is it because that product is effective? Yes. Fuck. Yes. Fuck. So you're chasing out something that potentially could have, or may have killed someone because you want to experience a high. Because and that, you know that's good shit, quote that unquote, just, good that just shit. just lends to the, the validation, the verification that addiction is a disease. It is mind-altering. It yeah. is Mind out of control, yeah. out of a personal, out of your personal control. Not just like an epidemic. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But Which like, it is. It's just... But I was speaking from the the point of like the father, like you're trying to help. Right, and that's admirable. And if you can help, by all means. But if you're speaking to like try to make a point, first of all, people that are sh- that that live with drug addiction and substance use disorder, they're not listening to a crying dad pleading for them to. You know what I mean? Their own mothers and their own fathers have cried to them for them to save them. It's so much. It's just not that black and white. Mm-hmm. But from like the the aspect of like, I'm trying to just save someone by telling my son's story. Like people that live with addiction and live with a substance use disorder, they're out chasing that high. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he, them hearing another crying parent, unfortunately, isn't going to be enough for them to be like, oh, let me stop. You know what I mean? So I think as a parent, this is tricky. It it's is tricky so because by tricky. all means, I am protecting and defending my child, period. Yep. But what does that mean? But then there's, right? there's the chance that it could, maybe it could save someone else's life. Right. Maybe there's a parent who's struggling with, I just found out that my child is using and now I'm not really sure, you know, is this something that I, that I try to, move forward and, and fix or right and it takes a simple listen my son just overdosed like frick i need to then i need to get on top of this right and and now you saved someone's life this is, i don't know i don't that either. i can answer this there's no there's it almost no direct- it almost feels ignorant to say like don't use your son's story you know what i mean for to try to be out here and and save something that you as one human being are not going to, to to change, unfortunately. I think, let me reword that a little bit. Your son's experience is not a platform. It's not a personal crusade. It doesn't work that way. You yourself, it's not going to work. But if you have, if you're organizing and you're trying to actually make a difference, that story might help you in your cause, but it will not fix your cause. So is it worth, is it worth sharing? I think. I know, I know. And it it's, I agree with you. I'm, everything you've said, I agree with. And it's just, to try to think about it is like, 
my son's already dead. Mm-hmm. So to preserve his like dignity versus potentially saving someone else's life, it's almost like a that's that's ignorance. Right. But it's also like no, it's not because of where we are as a society. Right. And how we see addiction and how we view people with addiction. You screaming from the top of your lungs that your son just overdosed is not, unfortunately, a magic wand. Bingo. That was the be- That was a very good way to articulate it. Um, I think it's important for us to say, too, I, I have not had the experiences firsthand in the way that you have with this. Um, alive or not alive, you've seen this at the forefront more than I have. Mm. And I just want people to know, like, I really don't know a lot about this. Mm-hmm. But I'm a compassionate human being. And it's just not hard to be compassionate. It doesn't matter what the other person is going through, what another person is going through, what the world is going through. It's not hard to be a compassionate human fucking being that doesn't pass judgment. I just want to say that in this world of like, I wish it wasn't hard for I really, everyone. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I it's I, I'm one of, another one of those like easier said than done, but like it's just it's so important. It, it, this world's just so full of negativity and hate, and we're so quick to condemn one another. Like sometimes it's really worth taking a step back and just trying to empathize. Like I don't know. I just think I, I wanted to push that message, honestly. Yeah. Maybe that was my personal crusade. But I just I want to push that message that it's it's not hard. People going through drug addiction, alcohol use disorder, substance use disorder, people who are um, facing any sort of addiction in general, like you have to recognize that this is a disease. This is something that takes hold. You know, and the the argument there is like, well, if they didn't try it, they wouldn't be hooked on it. Okay, sure, maybe, but, you know, maybe maybe if you didn't go into that construction site and inhale asbestos, you wouldn't be dealing with lung cancer. Maybe if you didn't smoke, you wouldn't be dealing with lung cancer. You know what I mean? And now, like, we're going to sit here and while it was your choice to be involved in whatever initiated whatever you went through, you still wound up with a disease. You still wound mm-hmm. up with something yeah. out of your control. Maybe I'm reaching. No, you're but not I reaching. I think it's a reach worth going for. Like You're not reaching. No, like you didn't make a choice to, to be hooked or to be sick or to be inflicted by mm-hmm. this. Right. You know, I, I don't. It does. It's just, we like, we stopped or maybe we never did i don't know but we don't see thing we look at something and like that's it what you see is what you got and it's not there's a whole lifetime of psychological factors social factors personal factors there is just an insane amount of outside factors that are going on for this person for them to be where they are yeah, whether I, that's on drugs whether that's homeless whether that's and is that the list is endless I agree. and it's like we as humans 
look at somebody and just immediately, wow, look at them choosing to just be out here smoking crack instead of being a a functional contributing member to society, whatever, right? whatever bullshit they want to spew. You know, instead of being like, wow, I can't even imagine what that man must be going through right now. You know what I mean? Like the difference that you would handle, that you would treat a stranger on the street if you stopped for a second and thought, my heart's breaking. Like it's visible that they're going through hell. Think That's of visible. Like think my of heart your own experiences. Think of the experiences that you feel in a day, what you experience in one mm. day. Multiply that by a hundred. Mm-hmm. This is what these people are running from. Things are never just black and white. This ever. is what they're running from. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, it just, I, I can't f- help but feel compassion and want to be ethically speaking, somebody who's a driving force to helping people rather than condemning them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't understand how people's brains go to like, you know, oh my God, it drug addicted homeless person yeah. versus I, like oh my god i just i don't even want to know this man's story for him to be where he is right now you yeah. know what i mean i think that people should when the question comes up things are never should, just black and white they're not black and white they should look inward and the answer should always be humanity yeah because what you're saying about somebody else says more about you amen to about that them. Listen, don't get me started okay let's, let's get the answer yeah let's go there Lying was wrong here, I agree, and it's good to own up to our moral misjudgments. The issue is how you should think about your earlier agreement with your ex-wife. When you joined with her to propagate a lie, it was, at least implicitly, understood that you'd stick to the story. You'll be breaking that commitment. You'll also be revealing not just that you lied, but that she did. This may not do much damage to her reputation, People will understand why she wanted to cover up the truth when she was grieving, but it will be unpleasant for her. Still, the commitment was to do something plainly wrong. Not revealing how your son died could be defended as protecting your family's privacy. Actively lying about his death goes beyond the defensible. Given the the deception was wrong and that setting the record straight will harm your wife only insofar as it reveals her to have done this wrong, she is not entitled to hold you to your earlier commitment. It would be better all the same if you could agree with her. I'm sorry, if you could get her to agree to release you from that commitment because you're no longer a couple, it may be harder to work together toward telling the truth. At the very least, however, you and your daughter can explain to your ex-wife that you, what you plan to do and why. Your explanation shouldn't hang on the possibility of protecting other families though. Unless you're planning to take part in a documentary or publish an article, the chances of anyone changing paths as a result or your change of story are surely slim. Sorry, I just like made eyes at you. Yeah. And it's just me being like, okay, we're on to something. Yeah. It's clear that lying never sat well with you. Explain what you want to do as a matter of coming clean for its own sake. Not every act need to be defended ethically by appealing to its consequences for others. I didn't love this response. I didn't love this response, but I understand what it was trying to say. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're not ever about to tell a grieving mother how, why, what, in any form, 
that she's going to handle her son's death. If she wants to tell people he got hit by a train, that's her prerogative. Yeah. You know what I mean? I agree. But I guess that what they're saying is like coming to agreement that he can tell. I know. I just didn't like the way they. The wording. Yeah. I didn't like that part that was like, she was wrong for lying about your son's death. Yada, yada, yada. Like we don't get to say somebody is right or wrong for that stuff. Well, so I think the theme of this whole column is ethic and morals. So the lying part of it is oh, technically the ethicist? the ethicist but what i'm saying ethics. is like what they're, they're they're actually appealing to the ethics of it whereas like you lied about it you lied and lying is implicitly or explicitly immoral right so they're coming from it at that angle where we're just we're saying like we lied about it but we understand why there was a reason behind it we can justify it but in the world of ethics and morality a lie is a lie whether you mean to do good with it or not. So I think, and I also may be reaching with this, but I think that that's where lying was wrong here. And I agree. And it's good to own up to your moral misjudgments. I think that's where that's coming from. That's just me. Yeah, I just don't agree. Yeah, no. I hear what you're saying and I agree with you. I just don't agree with what they Got it. Okay. Um, But also thinking about your agreement with your earlier, with your ex-wife your earlier agreement with your ex-wife, like that's another ethical question. And that's what they're bringing to light. Like you had an agreement not to talk about it that way. So at the very least, you can talk to her before you make a decision. Yeah. I don't know. This whole thing, because of the nature of it, is so sensitive. Yeah, I I just feel like there's no room for... Is there straightforward advice don't. I don't know that there's outside room ever for people's... People dealing with their feelings emotions especially if it's surrounding death okay okay say more i just i don't know i just wholeheartedly agree with that little tidbit he put on you know like your wife was wrong for lying about the death of your son like says who well he didn't necessarily say your wife he just said that the lie in general was wrong for the both of them so I don't think he's placing blame on anyone. Uh, yeah. You just think in general. Difference. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys are wrong for lying about the death of your song. Like says who? Right. We just get, no, we're humans. We don't get say in people's feelings and emotions. We just acknowledge them and, and either accept them or not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I understand this man wrote in looking for advice. That's, I just, I don't know. I just didn't love this response. Yeah, didn't rub you the right way. Um, Yeah, I I can see a lot of this. I see maybe I'm just both sides of it. I'm a bear, so so maybe I just can't get past that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot to consider. There was a lot to unpack in that response. Never mind the question. Yeah. So I really encourage people to go back and read it and come back with what they their interpretations of this. Be really interesting to see where people are coming from with it. I feel like it's going to be a very good split. Oh, I like if you have the chance to save somebody, then you're essentially obligated to do that. Which I agree with. Versus, right. However, right. However, how, how are you doing it? What is literally how sharing this story? However, what am is I this going story to story going to do? Right. Am I going to ruin my child's integrity? I guess. Mm-hmm. In order to do that. 
because it's it's facts that you know societally societally mm-hmm. we look at addiction and that type of thing just it's a choice and that's it if you're a drug addict you're just nothing we don't care if you overdosed over fentanyl that was your own issue you shouldn't have picked up the needle you shouldn't have smoked the rock you shouldn't have done this and that's it so given these facts that drug use and addiction is the number one stigma given these facts i am going to protect my child even in death because i know for a fact i'm not assuming i'm not i'm not guessing i'm not thinking I know for a fact how the society is going to view my child now once they find out that it was a, a drug overdose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like... I can't imagine sharing that story without being part of some greater purpose. You know what I mean? Some greater initiative. It's not people's business. It's not people's business. How your child died. And if you want to say he got hit by a train, then But But what I'm saying, like, I'm having trouble, like, just... If I'm not joining some sort of, of organization, right. some real not, actual movement. If I'm not actually going out there and, and canvassing for, you know, stricter drug control, et cetera, like what is what is the real purpose for sharing that story? I agree. So, Unfortunately. Yeah. But that's is, just how it is. It's sad. That was a heavy one to end with. Yeah. But it was a really important one. I don't think we've really, I mean, we've talked about addiction before. It was before, really real. Yeah, it was really real. This one was more real. Yeah. Um, I hope that our listeners could actually take something from that. There was some sort of value there. I definitely would love to hear from you guys what your thoughts and feelings were after this. Yeah, that's Especially a this question. Really good one. Because I, I think there are a few different stances you can take of course. on it. You know, not just the you know, share it, don't share it. But like, what are you doing with it? Right. Are you doing something with it? What's somebody going to take from it? Are you, you wrong for lying about you know, it? Are you there, not wrong for lying about that, it? Because it's nobody's freaking business. Yeah. And we could be, we could be missing something. Yeah. You know, so. I really would love to hear. I would love to. So send us your thoughts on this or your questions, comments, all your concerns, illadvisedthepodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us online at illadvisedthepodcast.com. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at illadvisedthepodcast. You guys are wonderful. Everything about you is fantastic. I think that that shade goes wonderfully with whatever you're trying to match it with. And thank you for listening. You've been ill-advised.